Welcome to Episode 9 of Saying Goodbye by Wallace Gibbs. We are going to continue looking at the events of June 5th, 2020. Gina and I have just parked in the parking garage at Mother Frances Hospital and are walking in. We pulled into the parking garage, which was surprisingly free of charge. We parked the car, walked across the street, and entered the main door of the hospital. My mother was just admitted, and I was wondering if you could tell me where her room is. I asked the lady at the welcome desk. What is her last name? Gibbs, G-I-B-B-S, Georgia. It looks like she's going to be in room 3206. Thank you. Gina and I began walking toward the bank of elevators that we had seen when we had entered the building. Before we reached the elevator, we had to go through a temperature check. We both passed and headed to an open elevator. Gina punched the three button as we entered, and we both backed against the back wall. All that I can say is yuck, I said. I sure hope this surgery goes well. I don't want Mama to suffer. I would rather her die during surgery than go through a lot of pain. Me too, Gina answered. We exited on the third floor and began looking for room 3206. We found it, but there was no one in the room. Hmm, I said. I know that they said room 3206. Let me text Charlotte. Where are you? I texted to Charlotte. We are waiting on Mama to be assigned a room, Charlotte replied. We are in room 3206 the room that the lady at the front desk told us that they were taking Mama. They haven't told us anything, Charlotte replied. We are going to wait here unless we hear differently, I texted. Okay. Gina sat down in a chair near room 3206, and I walked down the hallway reading the name tags posted on the other rooms on the floor. You were right. We are headed to room 3206, Charlotte texted. See you in a minute. I walked back to where Gina was seated and told her that Mama and Charlotte were headed our way. About ten minutes later, Mama arrived in a bed that was rolled into the room. Charlotte followed the bed in. Hey, I said, I see that you made it. Mama didn't say anything as the orderly pushed the bed into the room and backed it into place beneath all the medical equipment on the wall. A nurse will be here in just a few minutes to get you all set up, the orderly stated. Thank you, Mama said in a small, quiet voice. You are welcome, the orderly returned. Not a minute passed and a very tall, male nurse entered the room. He looked more like a football player than a nurse, I thought. Hello, my name is Rodney, and I'm going to be with you for this evening, he said, looking directly at Mama. I'm going to get everything hooked up, and then I'm going to get an IV going, because the doctor said that you're a little dehydrated. Can, me t can you tell me your name? Georgia Gibbs, Mama answered. All right, Mrs. Gibbs. This is going to pinch a little bit as I get this IV started.
Rodney sterilized Mama's arm and inserted the needle to get an IV drip started. Normally, they only allow one person to be in the room with the patient because of this COVID-19 pandemic, Rodney began. However, as long as you don't cause any trouble, I will just ignore the fact that the three of you are in here. Thank you, we all said in unison. Mrs. Gibbs, Rodney said, as he sat on the bed and looked Mama right in the eyes. At the same time, Rodney tubbed up Mama's hospital gown to make sure that she was covered. In 54 years, I have never seen Mama's stomach, I thought to myself. Mama has always been very modest, and I was glad that Rodney was taking such great care to make sure that she remained so at all times. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12 came to mind. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. I'm going to have to insert a tube in your nose that will go down your esophagus and into your stomach. I will be as gentle as possible, but this will still hurt. I want to let you know um, that, and so tell me when you're ready. I'm ready, Mama relayed. At that point, I had to leave the room. I could not watch something like this hurting Mama. As the door closed, I texted Virgil to see where he was. I am in Kilgore. I should be there in less than an hour, Virgil texted back. I counted to 30 and went back into the room. Rodney was sitting on the bedside next to Mama, and I went and stood by her head. Looking down, I could see a tear running down her cheek. I gently took the back side of my hand and wiped it off. Man, this is going to be tough, I thought to myself. Over the next hour, people came and went as they checked on Mama. Occasionally, Rodney would come in to check on the suction tube that was attached to a plastic bottle. Just in the past hour, they removed over three liters of fluid out of Mama's stomach. Virgil texted me that he was near the hospital, and I texted him directions to the parking garage. I let him know that I would meet him there and bring him to the room. Virgil is almost here, so I am going to go and get him, I told Gina, Charlotte, and Mama. Okay, Gina said. As I walked to the parking garage, I prayed. Father, first of all, I want to thank you for giving me great parents. Thank you for my daddy. Thank you for mama. I could not have asked for better parents. I know that you are capable of healing mama right now, and she could walk out of this hospital a healthy woman. But I also know that you have an appointed time for everyone to die. If this is the case right now, Father, please make this painless for her. Please hold her in your hands and all five of us in your hands as we go through this ordeal. I watched as Virgil pulled his F-250 crew cab pickup truck into the parking garage and I headed over to where he had parked. Hey, I said as Virgil got out of the truck. How are you doing? He said as he gave me a hug. This really sucks, 
I said. Aren't you glad that you stopped by to see her last Sunday with the boys? Yes, I am, Virgil said. Virgil had taken Isaiah and Noah to Tennessee with him in May and purposefully stopped in Pritchett to see Mama and Gina just the Sunday before. Who's all here? he asked. Gina, Charlotte, and me. When is Gail coming? I think that she is going to be here tomorrow morning for the surgery. Okay. We entered the hospital, went through a temperature check, and then walked to Mama's room. As we entered the room, Virgil walked over to Mama's bed and kissed her on the cheek. How is Melody doing? Mama asked. She is doing good and enjoying Dawson. He is so beautiful, Virgil. You must be so proud. I am, Virgil replied. I really am. Rodney would make periodic visits in and out of the room, checking in on Mama. Can I ask you a question? I inquired of Rodney during one of his visits. Sure, he stated. I can tell that you're from the South, but not from here. I am from Alabama. Alabama? How did you get over to Tyler, Texas? Rodney told me about how he was born in Alabama but raised in Louisiana, and then how after college he accepted a position at Mother Francis here in Tyler. Rodney left, and all was quiet until Dr. Seidel arrived. Good afternoon, Dr. Seidel said. Good afternoon, we all replied in unison. Mrs. Gibbs, how are you? Dr. Seidel asked. As well as can be expected, Mama said in a quiet voice. Let's talk about the plan for tomorrow, Dr. Seidel said. Mama nodded. My goal tomorrow is to put a stent in place that will bypass the tumor and allow your stomach to drain. While I am in there, I will take a look around to get a better idea on the status of the cancer. What time are you planning to do the surgery? Charlotte asked. My goal is to perform the surgery around 8.30. However, it depends on what happens tonight. There may be some higher priority surgeries that need to be performed, so that might bump the time. When will we find that out? Charlotte asked. I will get a better idea when I get here tomorrow morning. Do you have any more questions? None of us had anything to say. All right, I will see you all tomorrow. Dr. Seidel left the hospital room and we all migrated towards Mama. Mama, Charlotte began as she sat on the side of the bed, is there anything that I can get you? Mama shook her head. Gail is going to be here tomorrow morning before your surgery, Charlotte explained. Me, Wallace, and Virgil are going to leave, but we will all be back before your surgery. Mama nodded. I love you, Charlotte said as she kissed Mama. I leaned in and kissed Mama on the cheek. I love you too. Lastly, Virgil leaned in and kissed Mama. I love you. We each hugged Gina and exited the hospital room. Scotty and I have some leftover chicken spaghetti if you want to come over and get some. I am headed straight for the house and will see you there, Charlotte said as she turned to leave. We'll see you there, I returned. 
I decided to leave my car in the parking garage at the hospital since there was not a fee and I rode to Charlotte's with Virgil. On the 45-minute drive to Pritchett, Virgil and I talked about a variety of things, including our shock at the sudden change of events with Mama. Can you believe it? I asked. Just last week she mowed her lawn with a push mower. As we approached Charlotte and Scotty's house, Virgil pulled into Mama's driveway. We both got out of his truck and went inside Mama's apartment. You can sleep in Mama's bed tonight, I said. No way. I'm going to sleep in one of the recliners. Me too. It would be weird sleeping in her bed, I replied. Virgil dropped his overnight bag into the brown recliner that was nearest to him. We then exited the apartment for the short walk to Charlotte's house. As we walked through the front door, we both greeted Scotty. I sure am sorry to hear about your mother, Scotty said. Thanks, Scotty, I said. This is going to be really hard on all of us, including you, during the next several weeks. Charlotte said, There are several Dr. Peppers in the refrigerator in the garage. Thank you, I said. Thank you, but I've got my own in my truck, Virgil said, referring to the ice chest in the bed of his pickup truck that was always filled with 12-ounce Dr. Pepper cans and most of the time surrounded by ice. The chicken spaghetti is on the kitchen counter. Use the paper plates. That way we don't have to wash any dishes, Charlotte said. I am exhausted, and I'm going to bed. I plan to leave here around 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Y'all come to the hospital when you're ready. We'll be right behind you, I said. I don't sleep much past 6.30 anymore. Good night, Charlotte said as she disappeared down the hallway. Virgil and I visited with Scotty for a few minutes and then made a plate of chicken spaghetti, microwaved it, and then headed over to Mama's apartment. Not much was said as we ate our dinner, and very soon after that we both settled into a recliner and fell into a deep sleep. This concludes Episode 9 of Saying Goodbye.